Thank you for downloading and listening to the Berean Bible Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Berean Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. Good morning. Thank you, Pastor Jim, for letting me have this, uh, this opportunity to be up front and share from God's Word. Do you mind if I move this, Dave? How many of you had an opportunity, by show of hands, how many of you had an opportunity to go on a family vacation this summer? Did you stay in the state of Washington? Were you, were you local? Did you travel out? I, this is going to be an interactive time because it's sort of like a great big youth room. I really like this. Went to Oregon. Okay, so you stay in the Pacific Northwest. Are they having the same beautiful weather we're having? <laughs> oh, I, um, I, I heard someone say that uh, uh, recently that this is the best weather that we've experienced in years and years and years, and I, I didn't even think about that, but because I've just been too busy enjoying it to even think about it, but it, I, the realization that it's about to come to a crashing halt. Oh. Who, who else went on vacation? Where, where did you go? Montana. Montana. That's a drive. I spent a week in Montana one day. I, don't, don't try Texas, okay? <laughs> um, what was more fun? What is more fun? The, 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 the drive or the destination on, on a family trip? Okay, there's there's laughter in this room on that question, which which implies you may be thinking that I'm trying to pit you against the person next to you. Don't worry, that comes later. Promise, that'll come up. But I, I enjoy the drive. Um, we've made we've made several cross country trips with our kids to take them to college or take them back to visit family and. And uh, I think Candace and I, we did a nonstop 37-hour drive from here to Chicago. Um, we just stopped for bathroom, gasoline, give the dog some water, switch drivers, go. And I remember getting to Chicago and saying hello to everyone and walking around because my hands were almost stuck in a <laughs> position like this. But I enjoy the drive. I enjoy the beautiful country. I enjoy going through the mountains and then the plains and, and by the badlands. And I love the, the scenery. I love, we have a beautiful country and I love traveling it. And so if I could take you anywhere and I was driving, where would you want to go? Utah. <laughs> Hawaii, just to see you do it. Zach, Idaho. Well, so if I could take you anywhere, where would you want to go? The Apostle Paul wanted, we're going to flip this a little, the Apostle Paul wanted to take us. He wanted to take the churches. He wanted to take believers someplace. But where he wanted to take them wasn't Idaho or Hawaii. He wanted to take the people of God into a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. That's where he wanted us to go. He wanted it for God's glory. He wanted it for our own edification. And he wanted it for the impact of the gospel, for the, the grace 
the saving grace of God in the world to go out into the world. That's why he wanted to take us deeper into Christ. So I'll ask you the question again, and this one's rhetorical. Where do you want to go? Okay, the Holy Land. Do you want to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus Christ? That's the question for all of us today. Where do you want to go? And I'd add maybe, and how do you intend to get there? Would you pray with me? Father God, as we open your word today, I just pray your blessing upon it and upon us. Help us to understand what it is that you have for us. Help us to understand how, how much you love us and how much you want to take us someplace, that you loved us enough to grab us and hold us and, and lead us where we, you found us. But you love us so much, you want to take us farther. You want to take us deeper. You're not done with us. You want to grow us and mold us and shape us to look more and more like your son. So, Father, I just ask you to bless this time and help those things be accomplished through your word and through your Holy Spirit. And it's in your son's name I pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. We're going to receive in two verses Paul's, what I'm calling Paul's rules for the road on how we're going to get into a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. <clears throat> we're going to be in Romans, or I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 16. And we'll be at verses 13 and 14. Paul said to the Corinthians, Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be men of courage, be strong, do everything in love. There they are, the rules for the road on developing a deeper relationship with Christ. I'm only going to take those two verses for the entire content of this morning because there is so much here. Paul says, be on your guard. Now, when I read that in the English, I, I, I think of it like sort of like be on my guard, like the Roman soldiers in the, or, or, you know, in a, taking a defensive posture. But this word really is saying to us, be awake. Be watchful. Have your spiritual eyes open. Be attentive. Be vigilant. But what are we to be attentive and vigilant and guarding from? Well, I'm going to use our driving metaphor all throughout this morning's message. And so one of the things that my dad told me that I needed to be on guard for when I was driving was other drivers. He said to me, you have to get it in your head right off the bat when you get behind the wheel that everybody out there is trying to kill you. And you know, that has actually served me well. There have been times in which someone, I would say, of course it's always them, they're the bad driver, someone would, would perhaps pull out in front of me. But I saw the car pull up and I thought, I wonder if they're going to come out. And they did. But if I hadn't been paying attention, if I hadn't been alert, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians that bad company corrupts good character. We need to watch out for people who are intentionally trying to T-bone us in our walk. We need to put ourselves in, in path, in trajectory, in a vehicle with people who want to go the same place we want to go, 
or who are willing to ride with us to that place that maybe we can lead. But for the people who are trying to sideline us, the people who are trying to take us out, we have to be very careful. Very, very, very careful. So we need to be a defensive driver. We have to be alert. We have to watch out for something called highway hypnosis. Have you heard of highway hypnosis? Highway hypnosis is its also called white line fever. A mental state where a person can drive an automobile for a great distance and you can respond to all of the external things and have absolutely no recollection of doing any of it. That we just get behind the wheel. <clears throat> I was just thinking about doing this yesterday with Candace when we went down to Sam's Club to get groceries. And the next thing, we're talking and we're driving and I realize we're home. I haven't been paying attention to anything around me, but apparently I did pretty well because I didn't hit anybody, nobody hit me, and I didn't get a ticket. So, but do we go through, get so good in our, in our spiritual walk that we wind up going through motions? We can navigate along just fine, but we're really not paying attention to the things around us that are just waiting we have an enemy who prowls like a lion, waiting to devour. We can encounter spiritual highway hypnosis. We can encourage, or we can encounter spiritual fatigue. You know that when you're tired and you're behind the wheel, you become dangerous. How many of you have ever caught yourself when you've fallen asleep at the wheel? Yeah. It's Labor Day weekend, the second most dangerous weekend in traffic safety in, in America. Thanksgiving is the first. Long trip, coming home, great weekend, tired. And do you know where most accidents happen? Close to home. When the guard really comes down the most. We have to look out, look out for bumps in the road and construction and doing things our way, doing things our way. I just went downtown yesterday for the first, no, it was, uh, sorry, Friday for the first time in a long time. And I knew where I needed to go. I take this, I, I didn't know about the construction. And I don't drive around enough down there. I'm thinking, well, if I just, okay, fine. I can't turn here. I'll just go a little further and then I'll, wait, no turn on left. What? That's not a one way. Why can't I turn? And why can't I turn? Next thing I know, <clears throat> I gave myself plenty of time and it was a good thing because I got downtown in 20 minutes. I got to my destination downtown an hour later because I just continued to not look at the map, <laughs> not follow the instructions. I got it. I can do it my way. My way. So we need to look out for bumps in the road. Construction. <clears throat> you know, I'd I seen them a few times, but not really so much until we moved here to Washington. Rumble strips. You know those, you know what those are, right? The rumble strips, I, I love them. They're really great. I use them. I've, I've noticed this lately myself. I'm using them more. I'm hearing the... Because uh, 
really? That person is just, I, I, I want to turn and, ah, oh, it's not turning. I'm not supposed to cross the, well, you know, I'm in a hurry. Was that wise? No. Well, it's not legal, for one thing, but it's not wise. It's not good. There are rumble strips for a reason. They warn you when you're going off the path. I want you to think, and you, I, you know what? I'd like you to write them down if you feel, if one comes to mind. What are your spiritual rumble strips? And by the way, you can do that now. Think about them before they leave your mind. Or write them down before they leave your mind. What is it that when you're walking along with God and you get into hypnosis or you get into your, your uh, fatigue or your distractedness or your egocentricity and you hear, rump, 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 when do you hear them the most? What's your warning, your spiritual warning? Paul tells us we are to stand firm in the faith. Stand firm in faith. This idea of standing firm is just kind of cool. It, it comes... Uh, its its root word has within it, and some of the sister definitions of this word, the idea, here we are talking about a spiritual walk, and this is about stasis, staying. Stay in your walk. Stay firm. Unmoving in your deepening. Let the roots go down. Stand firm under judgment. Be constant. Be consistent. Don't be wishy-washy spiritually. Persevere. The external will come and challenge your faith. Stay firm. Don't let the external make an impact on your relationship with Christ. Let your relationship with Christ and your spiritual growth make an impact on how you handle the external. But we're to stand firm in our faith, in assurance, in the conviction, to grow and grow and grow in Him, not the world. God gives us road signs in addition to rumble strips. I almost thought about putting up a bunch of different road signs with the, with the words taken off, just the shapes, to see how well you'd be able to guess what they were. If it's an octagon and it's red, what is it? See, you know that without even seeing it. There are stop signs in Scripture. There's rumble strips, then there's stop signs. Here's one of my stop signs. Seriously, one of my stop signs from Scripture. Proverbs 10.19 Where words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise. That one has been one that God has put in front of me and I see the wisdom of God and I see the um, frailty of Kevin. Where words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise. I had a pastor back in Michigan say in, in a sermon on gossip, if you have nothing to talk about but someone else, read a book. And really, at the time in our congregation, gossip was, it, back in Michigan, uh, it, it, gossip was running rampant. 
People were hurting each other with words. We were watching the unity of the body just be torn apart. And so I really appreciated the conviction of our pastor to just address it. And so that stuck with me. But how quickly we all fail or we forget things that stick with us if we are not reminded. But the reminders of God's word, where words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise. Stop the gossip. There's one of, for me. What's one of your road signs? Maybe you want to write it down. Paul says, be men of courage. Well, here we're going to have some fun. Because literally, Paul is saying right here, literally, there's no way around this to soften this translation other than to say, behave like a man. Show yourself like a man. Man up. I told you you were going to have an opportunity to have a discussion with the person next to you. So, question. Who makes a better driver? A man or a woman? Go ahead and talk about it. (laughs) Oh, I'm serious. Go ahead and talk about it. Because I'm not diving in on that one until you've had a chance. So, (laughs) I'm just walking by here and I said, you're not talking to anybody. And he said, it's because I already know the answer. That's going to be a fun car ride home. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, and who's going to drive? Okay. (laughs) Well, studies show... Oh, mm, here we go. Studies suggest that men are better drivers. And here's why. Men seem to be more proficient than women at certain driving tasks. That's from AAA. Parking. (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) Have you... uh, All right, I I guess AAA rests its case. How many cars are not moving when you're parking them? (laughs) Exactly. Thank you. All right. You have to move the car to park it. (laughs) Men are better at parking. Men are better at driving at high rates of speed. Men are better at taking risks on the road and often do more so. Indicating they take more risks on the road. It says here that uh, men as a whole display less cautious behavior than women, such as driving at higher rates of speed, and and they also drive closer to other cars. Men often do not wear their seatbelts more often than women, and they also drive while intoxicated more often. See, the study, study number one, showed that men were better drivers because they were able to do all of that foolish behavior and still be able to control the vehicle. I don't feel so good anymore. (laughs) Study number two suggests that women are better drivers for all of the reasons we just looked at. Men are three times more likely to be ticketed for aggressive driving than women. Uh, Men are more than 25% as likely to be at fault in an accident. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm getting "Hmm," from Carol up here. (laughs) I'll let you know if I see the elbow go, but I just... 
Ya. <laughs> However, both men and women in one area scored equal, the same in their failure ability, in their inability to recognize road signs. Remember the road signs. What are your road signs? You need to recognize them. And so really, um, I mean, we had a little fun here, but this particular passage of Scripture is nothing to do with men or women and about driving. This is about the quality of spiritual courage. It's not a gender issue. It's be strong. Be of courage. Courage is not about taking foolish risks. That's foolish. That's being a fool. Courage is not about putting other people in potential harm's way. I got this. Don't worry. That's foolish. That's not courage. Courage is not about seeing or showing others how fast you can get there. Our walk of faith is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Be courageous. Walk out of the movie theater if you, if you know you should. Be a person of conviction. Be courageous. Stand up for your faith. Be courageous. Turn off the TV. Be courageous. Tell your children no. It's okay to say no. Tell yourself no. It's okay to say no. Dads, lead. Lead. I have to tell you that most of the conversations that I have with a parent regarding the spiritual condition and where their son or daughter is on the road, most of them take place with mom. Dads, lead. Be men of courage. Don't be foolish. Be strong, Paul says. This also is an imperative. The others that we just looked at were imperatives. They weren't, think about it, they were, do it. And this is an imperative. Be strong. So courage partnered with strength. But this is a passive. This verb is a passive strength. It's not a dominating. It's not an acting strength. It's a being made strong strength. Be made strengthened. Be rendered strong. Acquire strength from where? From Him. Find no strength in our own abilities. Find strength in God. One of the areas where we can get weak behind the wheel is in our posture. 
I was, I just heard someone share this illustration and I thought it was so good, I had to pass it on. So this is not my illustration. Posture says it all. Now, I alluded to when I got out of the car in Chicago, I was like this. Have you ever started the long trip and you've got the lumbar thing going, you got everything and, 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 and you're, the kids are asleep now and it's late and it's night and you're finding your, you lean in, you know, you're just, you're, you've turned into this puddle and you're just, right? Your posture goes, your brain goes. Posture yourself correctly behind the wheel. Posture yourself correctly before God. If I asked you, where do you want to go? And I asked you, how do you want to get there? How you posture, how we posture ourselves before God is extremely important. I'm going to talk about this in a, in a week with uh, the parents, I hope. The parents who would like to show, come to the uh, parents' meeting, the luncheon on the 8th. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about this. Now, there's nothing new under the sun. We give different names to different things. Fads rise and fall and different things come and go. About two years ago, someone asked me, what do you think the biggest thing that uh, is going to come along that's going to be the the largest challenge to teenagers in youth ministry? Is it going to be music or entertainment or, uh, or, or fads or drugs? And, and I said, no, actually, I think it's going to be atheism. Because what I was watching in the social medias was this, this rise in atheistic thought kind of being thrown out there. And I said, probably within two to five years. And that was six months later, it was just rampant that it was cool to be an atheist. And so I've already discussed a little bit with some of the teenagers about the idea of there's atheism, atheism, without God. There is agnosticism, agnosis, without knowledge of God. That's the I have no idea if there's God or not. But uh, a new coined term for an old th- thought is <coughs> apatheism. Apathyism. Uh, atheism. There is no God. Agnosticism. How do we know that there is a God? Apathyism. Who cares? Who cares? I say that to draw back now to our posturing. Does God really care how I live my life? You bet. Does God really care what I recognize as sin? Yeah, you bet. Does God really care if I share Jesus Christ with my coworkers? You bet. Does God really care how much time I spend in the Word? Time? I don't know. Impact? Yes. He'd like you to be in His Word. Does God really care about how much I pray? Uh, yes. We need to posture ourselves because then he will make us strong. 
He will do the work. We need to be submissive to God's will and not have God be submissive to our will or have that mentality. And lastly, Paul says, do everything in love. I love that word, do everything. There's so much in that word. We could spend, we could spend a couple Sundays on that word, do, do everything. And it's not even a wild, rare theological word. It's used a lot. But the relatives of this word, where it, it, one of the sister words is in the Greek. I'll say it in Greek and you'll probably hear it in English. Genesis. Genesis. So, so let's combine all of this idea of what this word is. So do everything, what you do, what you birth, what you create, what you perform, what you produce, what you grow, what you bring life to, everything you do, do it in agape. Everything. See how it's related to our posture? There is no room in our walk for road rage. Who is road rage about? The other driver or me? He cut me off. Pulled in front of me. They need to learn how to drive. Why? Because it bothers me. It's not about me. It's not about egocentricity. It's about Christocentricity. It's about Jesus. Paul told the Colossians in chapter 3, verses 15 through 17, let me just read it to you. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You have some homework. I'm not going to grade it. Identify your rumble strips. Get better at knowing the traffic signs. Write down the ones, write down the ones that you need to be paying more attention to. And so I'll ask you one last time before we close in worship. Where do you want to go? Where do you really want to go? And how are you going to get there? Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the challenge it has been to me personally to, to just look at two verses and, and the light that they shine in on my heart and expose areas that have got to go. I pray, Lord, that... Uh, 
that I'm not the only one. I pray that you would impact each of us and open our eyes to see where we need you to have full control and where we have to let go. We praise you, Lord, in your son's name. Amen. May you all have a blessed and happy Labor Day weekend. Be safe, be mindful, be defensive drivers, watch out for each other, take care of each other, celebrate each other, get out there and enjoy this wonderful weather. Praise God for all that he has given us. I thank you so much for all that you are to me and my family, and may, may I bless you as well. Thank you for all that you give us, Father for the air in our lungs, the sunshine that shines down on us, for the the trials, for the difficulties, for the things that come our way and get in the way. Because, Lord, I feel they turn us right back to you and they turn us to each other in prayer. I just thank you for this body and I thank you for the rumble strips and I thank you for the road signs. Help each and every one of us to see them, recognize them, and never forget them. And most of all, we thank you for your son. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.